The Westwinds Breviary is our gift to you during the shelter-in-place order concerning COVID-19. We offer you hope and healing as lovers and followers of Jesus Christ believing these short online liturgies will elevate your spirits and unify your homes. May God bless you richly as you endeavor to renew your mind and love your neighbor. Welcome, church. The way you see God shapes and colors your whole life. God is love. Love God. Thanks for joining us for the West Winds Breviary. Tonight, I'd like to read one verse from the Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 10. Who is this who looks down like the dawn, beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, awesome as an army with banners? There are two ways to read the Song of Solomon. One, as erotic love poetry and the other as a metaphor for God's love toward the church. In the second reading, the poet is here describing God as one who looks down like the dawn, beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, awesome as an army with banners. And I think, how impoverished are we if we also cannot imagine God in these beautiful images? I mean, I mean, just this picture of God is so sweet, so sweet. God, as the first rays of the dawn coming through my bedroom window and waking me up. God, on a clear night, outside looking up toward his face in the full moon. God at Clark Lake in the summertime, making me sweat when I'm on a pontoon with the people that I love. God, flying over Harlem in formation with the Blue Angels. It's funny that we, we just, we never think of God as so beautiful. We never think of God as, as approaching us with this level of cherishment, I mean, that he adores us. And yet in John's gospel, Jesus makes it clear, God is love. Love and God are synonymous. Now clearly, the love that we sometimes feel is not totally godly. Um, our own ego and pride and contamination get in the way, but the purest love, I mean, the, the love to which all loves aspire is, is God. And of course, the Apostle Paul expands on this theme. Jesus it, it deals with this theme extensively. And, and both Jesus and Paul, they were living in a, in a, a Greco-Roman world. So a Roman world inspired by Greek thought, mixed in with the Hebrew and Semitic peoples. It was a, a complex time, but you can't separate their world um, from that, that ancient Greek thought. And C.S. Lewis famously wrote a book called The Four Loves, and many Christian people ever since have been talking about the four kinds of, of Greek love that were spoken about in all the classics, but there's, there's not just four, there's six. And if it's true that God is love, then it's equally true that love is God. I mean, that's the equation. Um, and so I'd like to look at these six loves and examine God's role in that love. So the first is phileo, it's the love of friendship. God is in your friendships. When you're hanging out with the people that you love and trust the most, and you're being rowdy, or you're being silly, or you're laughing, or you're talking about serious things, that tether, that connection between the two of you, that's God. 
He lives in the space between, because wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. He's in the middle of your friendships. There's storge love, which is affection, usually family affection, the affection that parents have for their children, the affection that spouses have or that extended families have. When you see your cousins, you have barbecue, you know, that, that family feeling, that's God, man. That's God. When you're laughing together, when you're spitting watermelon seeds at each other, when you're, when you're doing the things that are just your family things to do, you know, your little family traditions, the, the way you hide the Easter eggs, the, the, you know, the, the way you overeat at Thanksgiving, whatever the things are that are, that are just yours, that's God. That's God in the presence of your family. I pray that right now, God is in the presence of your family, that God is saturating your homes in this time of sheltering in storge. There's, of course, erotic love, sensual love, eros, passion. When you're with your life partner, your covenantal partner to whom you've committed yourself before God, when you're intimate, sensual, and sexual, that's God. That's God in the union, bringing the two into one. There's ludus, which is translated as playfulness. Um, and it's amazing to think that God is playful. When you bounce your daughter on your knee when she's little, when you go dirt biking with your friends, when you become adventurous, when you sit around a table and play all kinds of board games or whatever, it's just, it's God in the frivolity, it's God in the revelry, it's God in the excitement and the surprise and the delight and the mutuality and the sharing. That's God. That's God's love all over you. There's mania maybe best translated as obsession. And of course, there's a dark side to this, but, but like all the loves, there's a dark side, and like all the loves, there's, there's light. And the truth is, when you're passionate about something, you become obsessed with a new idea, a new research topic, a, a, a new book, building a motorcycle, starting a business, and you just, you just churn, and it's all you can think about. That's God in you teaching you the joy of your imagination, the pleasure of your mind, the, the exercise of your will. That's God. And he's all over you. And last but not least, of course, there's agape, which has been translated so many ways, but maybe here it's best understood as self-sacrifice. When you love someone so deeply, so unconditionally, that you'll give up your own preferences, your own habits, your own time, money, your own comfort, just to demonstrate to them the truth and power and authority of your love. That's God. That's God in you. That's God through you. Friends, God loves us. And God lives inside of us. And God manifests through us when we show love to the world. Let us become incredible lovers and followers of Jesus Christ. Let us be people hallmarked by love. People who are just sugar chocolate sweet with it. Because that's our defining characteristic. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and God.
Brother Andrew was a missionary in the early 1900s. Uh, he's best known for smuggling Bibles uh, into countries where they uh, weren't allowed to, to have copies of the scripture. Uh, if you've never heard of Brother Andrew, uh, he's worth checking out. Uh, you can find out about him online. Uh, there are some books written about him, but it's just a fascinating story of a guy who put a lot of stuff on the line uh, and was very, very determined to live out the calling um, that, that God had put on his life. Uh, and he, he, he's got a lot of great quotes that are attributed to him, uh, but one in particular uh, that I want to share with you today. Uh, it says this, whenever, wherever, however you want me, I will go. And I'll begin this very minute. Lord, as I stand up from this place and as I take my first step forward, will you consider this as a step towards complete obedience to you? I will call it the step of yes. I love this quote and I love the mindset um, that, that Brother Andrew carried because I think it's the same one um, that we should carry as we reflect on, on the calling and the commission um, that God has put on our lives. I, I love the fact that he says, whenever, wherever, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'll go and I will start immediately. And, and, and then he continues to say, God, whatever the first step I take, whatever that step is, will you please consider it to be complete obedience to your calling on my life? I'll consider this the step of yes. 
Uh, and, and, and as I read that quote, I reflect in my own life and, and ask the question, what's my step of yes? What does that look like? And according to uh, Brother Andrew, that step of yes has a couple factors in it. First, we don't get to control uh, the details of it. We, we, don't, we don't get to control the, the when and the where because we're saying to God, whenever you want me, wherever you want me, uh, I'll do it. Um, and then second, it's, it's immediate. Um, and third, it doesn't have to be anything giant. It can just be one step. Um, so my challenge to you today is to find out and discover, figure out what, what's your step of yes. Uh, what does it look like for you? What is one thing you can do today that moves you towards a calling that God has put on your life? Uh, maybe that's a very specific calling, a, a dream you've been carrying and you've just been waiting on it. What's a step right now? What's one thing that you can do that, that, that God can look at as complete obedience to his calling? And maybe you don't have anything like that, that's okay, because there's all kinds of things that God has asked us to do on an ongoing basis, uh, to love our neighbors, uh, to be faithful within our families. So what does it look like for you to take a step of yes in that direction? Um, so today, do that. Take one step, a step of yes, and then as an added bonus, um, send, send me a message on, on, on Facebook or wherever you're watching this, and just let me know what your step of yes was today. Let your loves flourish. Let your heart expand greatly. Love God, love others. Let love intensify and beautify everything. Grace and peace, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight for church. We will see you tomorrow morning.